Hey y'all, this is Jasmine Castile and I am going to start a brand new podcast called Hands Off My Podcast. This true crime podcast is for the lost voices of family or friends. They have the story of their loved ones that are or were unalived, missing, human trafficked, or exploited because of being a person of color and would love to share your story. Please contact me at handsoffmypodcast at gmail.com. Let's make your voice no longer the voiceless. If you fall in my community of LGBTQ2 spirits, Asian American Pacific Islander, Black Indigenous people of color, then you're my people. Or if you like to follow and share on any of your listening podcast apps. Dios te bendiga. Today's guest is Alicia Lyons. She is a mom support coach. She shares her journey in becoming a better person as well as a better mom. She went through a divorce and lost everything and is proud of what has risen from the ashes to build a stronger foundation built on self-love and not co-dependency. Alicia also has her own podcast called Imperfect Momming and also wrote a book to help moms overcome guilt they carry around. Please give a warm welcome to ever-blessed Alicia Lyons. Hello. Hi, how are you? Pretty good. How are you today? Doing well. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Just briefly, you were talking about your journey. A couple of questions that I have, because I know that you had stated that in your guest form, you identify that you, you and your son had just came out of, to me personally, has affected me because that's exactly what I kind of came through. A horrific couple relationships. The last one I actually did get married to and I just saw all the red flags and I just like, I just kept thinking to myself, like I was already damaged from previous relationships. So I thought that all the things that he was doing was considered a norm. Like, oh, wow, he's just so considerate. He's always looking out for me, which actually in translation was he was very over possessive. Mm-hmm. And or, um, oh, he just he was just having a bad day and oh, he gave me flowers and he's trying to make up for what he did. He knew he was wrong and he's just trying to be a better man. And but then, oh, he did it again. Oh, you know what? Maybe it was just not. Maybe I just said something that triggered it. Oh, you know, and it just kept going like that all through my whole marriage. And I'm like, what? why do I have to feel like I have to be constantly on eggshells? Why do I have to feel like that I can't be who I am? Like, are the cycle, this endless cycle of continuous toxic relationship one after the other. And having, I have three boys, so a portion of my kids have seen the worst and the best because they were riding along as well in these situations. And it was, Mm. it really affected me because once it started coming, you know, it was starting to bleed into, even though it was was a physical, violent, uh, abusive, emotionally, you know, spiritually, all those abuses were all on me. When it started bleeding into my kids where he was starting to inflict the same type of thing, I was like, you know what? That's when I had an, an eye-opening experience. And I was like, I can't. I can defend myself, even though, why would I even put myself in a situation where I have to say, I can defend myself from the one that I love? That's like, that's an oxymoron in a sense, right. that sentence. But when I started seeing it happen to my kids, I was like, that's when I snapped out of it. And I was like, that's enough. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, tell me exactly about 
your journey and how you came from my story. <laughs> how did you yeah. come from that to being a successful businesswoman who has a stronger foundation? You know, you have this self-love and you said you, you're not no longer being a codependent. Can you tell us the journey that you had? Yeah. Um, and it, it is a journey. It's it's important that people understand that there's not this light switch that you turn on and you like where we think that it is, where it's like, I'm going to turn this light switch on and now I'm done dealing with X, Y, Z, whatever that is. Maybe it's codependency. You know, in my current relationship, we've been together uh, almost six years. And when I was looking for my next relationship, I started looking for a man that I would be proud of my son growing into. Because when, as a boy, you look to your father figure as how to behave as a man, and you look for a woman that's like your mom. And when I first heard that, I, I cringed because I didn't want him to grow up to be like his dad. And I did not want him to have to deal with someone like who I was. And, you know, but and but it's a it's a journey. And I even in this relationship, I started out just a little bit of I had a little bit of that codependency. It's funny, some of the things that you were saying actually kind of triggered a conversation that I had last night with my boyfriend, where he was irritated with me and my interaction with the dog and my son and and he said, um, man, I just love coming home at night. And that kind of passive aggressive comment re was really triggering for me. And so I went outside, I went for a walk. I was, I was hot, <laughs> but when I'm hot, I know that that's not the time to have the conversation. Right. And so I went, I went out and I, I went for a walk. I'm I'm committed to getting 6,000 steps a day until I do that consistently and then I'm going to increase it. But, you know, I, I was going for the walk and I was thinking in my head, how am I going to approach this? Because I want him to know how those words make me feel because it's not the first time he said it. And it's the first time it really triggered me in the way that it did. And I believe that when the trigger appears, the wound is ready to heal. And so I came into the house after I had calmed down and I said, I said, honey, I would really appreciate it if you didn't use those words because you want me to not walk on eggshells in this relationship. He's communicated that to me. He said, I don't, I want you to be yourself. But when you say that phrase, that triggers me into past relationships, it triggers my insecurity and it makes me want to walk on eggshells so I don't upset you. Mm -hmm. And if we have a real problem where you actually don't wanna come home at night, let's address that issue. But th that phrase, all it does is, is trigger me into this emotions. And he started to get defensive until I said, if there's a real problem, let's address the real problem and let's talk about it. If I'm being too negative, then let, let's talk about it, right? And we settled on, you work on your positivity and I'll work on mine and we'll come together. And 
you know, and he, in this conversation, he realized that he's been a little bit negative and because he's being negative, he's focused, he's seen my negativity a lot more, right? So that didn't really answer your question, but I, I wanted to kind of bring that in because one of the things that he said was we are not the only people in this relationship, me and him. I have a past of people that I've been in a relationship that are in our current relationship and he has a past that's in our current relationship and we have to remember that that there are things that previous people would do and I think the term that I used was passive aggressive POS <laughs> is you know some people that I've been with and it's like I don't that's not who I want to be with and if we have that's not the relationship that we have and so if there's a problem let's address it mm-hmm. and most people don't come into a conversation that way right mm-hmm. they say they say how dare you and like I said even what I said was a little bit triggering to him and he started to get defensive and then I said let's address the real issue if there's a real issue I just that phrase is it hurts it hurts a lot like it it really makes me feel like you don't want to be in the relationship right. and I know that that's not how he feels right right yeah. absolutely absolutely I mean, you know, just you listening to you talk about some of the things that a large, unfortunately, a large percentage of women have gone through and men as well. I mean, the little things that mean so much to understand that we all come from walks of life that we've had previous relationships. Unfortunately, we have as women that we we have to be strong and in, I'm not even sure if there's a way to have a big old POS manual out there for women to, you know, to carry around in their purse. It's like, okay, you know, red flag. But, you know, you being a coach yourself, what are the things that you deal with as being a coach for a prospective customer? Can you tell us a little bit exactly what you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, I want to touch on the POS manual for a second because (laughs) the honestly we all have a pos manual like we our brain does that for us because our brain it wants us to be safe and so so we like to throw around the term of narcissist or whatever other buzzwords are out there in reality there's no way to spot the person that's going to harm you all we have is our past experience and we can't avoid the liars. The, the thing that we can do is know that we're gonna be okay and work on us being okay with when we're lied to. So in my relationship with my, this is not answering your question, but I will get there. That's okay. <laughs> um, with my son's dad, he put, he just like you, put the cards on the table. This is who I am and I will not change. And if you can't deal with that, then move on. And who I was at the at that point was okay with who he was. It wasn't until I became a mom that things really started changing in our relationship. And then I wasn't okay with the things that were changing in our relationship. You know, I have theories about what happens in the relationship but as that, you know, I, I don't know. And so I w- wouldn't say it like it's a fact, but 
there are things that I think happens. And I had postpartum depression. I didn't realize it for six months. I was not someone who was in touch with their emotions at all. You know, growing up in in my family, I just, it was like, you know, Alicia cries too much. And so I tried my whole life to not cry. I have never been successful. I have never once stopped tears coming out of my eyes. If if they were coming, they were coming. Mm-hmm. And, but now, like, I've learned how to express my emotions so that I don't get to the crying stage as easily. But I, I mean, I still get there. I, I cried last night when I was talking to my boyfriend. And I, I mean, I was still trying not to because, um, anyway, I digress. So... You know, he put his cards on the table of this is who I am. I'm not going to change. And I changed. And who I changed into wasn't okay with who he was. And there were aspects of him that were changing, not for the better from from my perspective. And so ultimately, that's why we split. So that's the problem with here's my cards on the table. This is who I am. I'm not going to change because everyone changes all the time, constantly. We are constantly evolving. Somebody almost hits us in in our car uh, going down the freeway. That's changed us. We're a little more guarded now when we're on the freeway, right? Like we are evolving uh, creatures. But to answer your question specifically, I I work with moms who struggle with mom guilt um, because that's such a huge thing that we deal with. And... Uh, part of my story was that I um, I left my ba- my son with a babysitter who was inappropriate with him. Mm-hmm. And I did all the things that you're supposed to do on the good mom checklist. Like, here's what, like, I called the police. I called Child Protective Services. I got him therapy for, to make sure he was emotionally sound. Like, I did all of the things And not once did I think about myself and how I was being affected by that situation itself. And I started feeling really guilty that I didn't protect him from that situation. Mm -hmm. And because I was someone who wasn't in touch with my emotions and wasn't self-aware at all, I had no idea that I was creating this guilt. And I have a defense mechanism where I'm going to leave you before you have the chance to hurt me. And so since I had imagined this little boy growing up into a man and coming back to me and saying, how come you didn't protect me? I started pushing him away. Hmm. The problem was I didn't know I was pushing him away until after I let go of the guilt. I didn't see what I was doing until after I had let it go. And so that's why I'm so passionate about helping moms let go of guilt Mm -hmm. because you don't know what it's doing to you until it's, until you let it go. Not to mention when we're feeling guilty, we're not happy. We're not living in the present moment. And so we're missing it. We're like, our children are only this age today. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow they're a day older. Next year, they're a year older. Like, we we only have today today and we're missing it yeah they're missing 
the experience of a truly genuinely happy mom. Yeah, literally all I could think of was he was maybe five years old and now he's 20 years, 20 years older than now. And just, it's amazing. Like, I agree with you. The majority of the time that I had him by my side, uh, I had so much guilt of all the things that I was doing wrong. Um, nobody taught me how to be a parent. You know, I didn't have the proper tools in my tool. And I get it. You know, that's how I feel when I, when it, like you said, like with the guilt, we want to push people away before anything else comes to. But um, for me, it was like I just kept digging myself into a bigger hole instead of finding the the way around it i was always finding a way through it thinking this is going to be the best thing to do and come to find out it was like it was a trial and error situation for me <laughs> but for sure for sure wow so yeah this is um it's it's an emotional just bringing this up but it's it's imperative for other women to understand that you are not alone when it comes to these situations in life where we have to go through these and like you said we do have it you know our heart identifies that you know is this beneficial for the partner that i'm going to be putting and bringing into my life is this beneficial you know we go through the whole spiel of i mean i do have ptsd i know that for sure so i start to freeze up every time i start talking about stuff like this i, I hear you to take care of someone else you must take care of yourself it's easier said than done yeah that's for sure yeah I, and i had a i had a guest on my podcast imperfect momming because ultimately we're all imperfect like there is no perfect mom and really trying to be perfect kind of sucks the joy out of parenting but I had a guest on my podcast that, you know, she's, she said something so beautifully brilliant in my opinion that it's like, I would never deny my kids playtime. I would never deny my kids going out and, and seeing the sun and, and I would never deny them food. I would never deny them anything, but I was denying myself all of those things mm. in the name of taking care of them. Mm -hmm. And to the point where she made herself sick. And I believe she's writing a book about it. Um, but it's like, that's what we do. I think that the self-care issue is really a deep issue. And I can't say this for all people, but I will say it for myself. We take care of the things that are important to us. And so when we're not taking care of ourselves, we have to really dig in and and think am i important to me do i love me and i think i really think that it's a connection to self-love when you take care of yourself and i've been on this path and that's the only reason that i would say anything remotely close to that but i've been on this path of self-love and taking care of myself you know that's why i've committed to the six thousand steps and that's why i've gone into this you know weight loss program because, you know, I, I want my health to be optimized because I have things that I want to do in my life. Having 50 pounds excess on my body is sucking the energy out of me. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's so funny. I just got the Samsung watch. I'll give a little commercial for it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just got this watch and it tells you about your sleep and how deeply you're sleeping. 
and it tells you the importance of the deep sleep, the REM cycle and, and all these things. And I'm literally finding out that I have about 25 minutes of deep sleep a night. Mm-hmm. And mostly it's because I snore and my girlfriend has been telling me forever to go do a sleep study and get one of those, you know, CPAP machines mm-hmm. because it literally takes years off of your life not sleeping properly. Mm-hmm. And I, she probably told me this two years ago and I'm like, whatever. I don't want to wear a CPAP machine at night because it's ugly. And I don't want my boyfriend to not love me because it's ugly. <laughs> and so, and I, when I had this conversation with her two days ago, she's like, seriously, you need to go. And I was like, you know what? I think I do because I'm seeing the proof on, on the watch that I'm not sleeping deeply and it's shaving years off my life. I don't want years shaved off my life. You know, and so I had the conversation with my boyfriend. I said, I think I'm going to get one of those CPAP machines and I hope you don't think that I'm ugly or stop loving me, but I'm getting one. And he's like, are you kidding? I'll sleep better because you won't snore as much. You're right. It's, um, well, the thing about it is too, I was overweight and I lost about 105 pounds. Um, (sighs) So I knew that that was putting a damper on my sleeping habits, but yeah. And I mean, you'll just be a, a, a hot looking Darth Vader, you know, for your, <laughs> just, he wakes up next to you. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I wanted also just, I know, cause we have just a broad of your story and your journey. And I wanted to ask just a couple more questions just to get to know you. Do you remember the moment when the light switch went on and you went, yeah, that's it in regards to your life or career for me the catalyst of change oh gosh there's been a lot (laughs) Uh, i guess it depends on when i left my my son's dad uh there was i found an email (laughs) that indicated his intentions to step out on the marriage and And I just, I don't know if it was a conscious thought at that point where I didn't want my son growing up to be in a marriage where, where he saw that as an example. Mm -hmm. And so I left and during that period of time, I call it the pit. I was in the pit of despair for anyone that's a Princess Bride fan. (laughs) I was in the pit, I was in this pit of despair and at one point i even said to the same friend that i just mentioned i said i don't want to be a mom anymore and i think we hung up the com- the phone after that and then she called me back and she said i have a friend that's willing to adopt your son if you really don't want to be a mom anymore hmm. oh my and it like she, she kind of put my money where my mouth was, right? Mm-hmm. Like she made me like really genuinely think. And I real what I realized was that I needed a break. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, at that point I called my son's dad's grandma. <laughs> I was like, would you like him for a week? <laughs> and that was all I needed at that point was a week break every three months or so. And I was more aware of okay, this is, this is what it feels like when I need a break. I became a life coach 
because I wanted help in my direct sales business. When I was, when I had left my husband, I was at the, I was in the top 2% of the company. I had, I was driving a free car. I was like, all of the things that I was proud of was that I was in the top 2% of the company and I was driving this free car and I was a, I was not only was I a wife, but I was a military wife. And, um, and I had this beautiful one-year-old boy. Like I was, those are all the things that I was proud of in the, in, at that time. And within six months, I was no longer in the top 2% of the company. I no longer had my car. I was no longer a wife or military wife. And I felt like an awful mom. And so I went from like, I had all of these external things that I was proud of and I lost every single one of them in this short amount of time. And so I described that as the, that's the rock bottom. That's the, that was this pit that I was in. The beautiful thing about the pit is that when you hit this rock bottom, there's no place but up. If you choose, you can stay in the pit for as long as you want, but there's no place to go but up from there. And so I wanted to get back into this top 2% of the company. And I was trying, in my head, I was trying as hard as I possibly could. And so I hired a life coach to help me uh, in my business. And the funny thing is, I think that to this day, I've probably talked about that business like three times in in a coaching call. Um, I was healing like all of these things I was healing myself and or all of these coaching calls I was healing all of these these things because regardless of the degree of what somebody else thinks of your situation anything that you're going through that is not what you wanted mm-hmm. is a trauma and so we we classify these these things like child abuse is a trauma but we don't classify like getting a C on our test and disappointing our parents as a trauma, but it is, you know, so I had all these, these traumas um, in my life that I was healing. And I've always been kind of drawn to this personal development. Like I, when I was in therapy, I wanted to be a therapist, but that seems like a lot of school. And so I didn't want to do it. Yeah. (laughs) But when my coach said that becoming a coach and learning all of these coaching tools would help me in my direct sales business, I was committed to that business and to making that work. And I went this uh, week-long program and the very first day, someone said something and she got called to the front of the room to cry her ancestral tears in front of everybody. And I didn't know that ancestral tears was a thing. I didn't know what what she said to make him call her up in front of the room. But I wasn't going to make that mistake. And I did not talk <laughs> for, for three days because I didn't want that to happen. Like, that was terrifying. And so I was so super in my head. And I was like, I don't deserve, I don't like the traumas that people have gone through who are sitting in this room. I don't. I don't compare, like nothing I've gone through compares to what these people in this room are going through. I don't deserve to be here. Like there was, it just lit up every insecurity. And to the point where the facilitator of the 
program texted me on like Wednesday night and was like, are you okay? (laughs) Because I stopped talking. Anyway, I digress. I fell in love with this life coaching world. Even though I, I was trying my hardest not to change, not to be transformed. I didn't realize that that's what I was doing, but that's what I was doing. I still was transformed. I still, that was probably the beginning of this self-love journey. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's not a light switch (laughs) that you just turn on and boom, now I love myself. It's been a journey, but that was probably the catalyst for falling in love with personal development, falling in love with myself. Um, And after going to this program two more times, that's when I, like I always knew I wanted to work with moms, but I didn't know why until I I released the guilt. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with me. Wow, so you've, you've lived it and you have become a much stronger woman in the process. I love to hear stories about women of empowerment and that you've actually enthralled that in your business and understanding from the perspective of you've been through that when you talk with your clients. I mean, they need a person who can get them to understand that. And you even mentioned, um, I think in the beginning of our conversation that you also wrote a book about this as well in regards to um, helping moms with their guilt. Yeah. So more about it. I published it and then I republished it. So it has two different titles, but the current title is Good Moms Don't Ditch the Guilt and Find Your Happy. I, I've always been a writer <laughs> since I could put sentences together. When I started, I knew I wanted to work with moms. I started interviewing moms to kind of figure out like what they were struggling with. I heard guilt in every single conversation. I started writing down, you know, like what they were feeling guilty with. And it kind of started out like a blog article. Um, So the chapters are very short. And I I did that somewhat intentionally because moms are busy. I wrote it in a way that it's, you can kind of jump around to specifically your issue. So I covered about 13 issues that moms struggle with and 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 it was just because that's where my confidence was in my coaching ability at that point I didn't have the confidence to to open my mouth and have words come out Mm -hmm. I've obviously gotten over that (laughs) yes yes you are doing absolutely better than I am right now that's for sure (laughs) but I and and you're doing beautifully it's it's but that's where I started was in writing. I my I started my blog before I wrote the book. The book took about six weeks to write. I polished it took, you know, another six weeks or a couple months to to polish. And I released it in April of 2020, right before Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I re-released it in 2021. I created a new cover, a new subtitle, and the book is pretty much the same. I might have tweaked a word here or there, but the the inside is pretty much the same. Um, just because the cover in the beginning was really showing the pain of guilt, and the cover now is really the the releasing of the guilt. Oh wow! I, I loved the cover 
the first time, but I, I just, I love it so much more now. <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Listeners are wanting to know more information on how to purchase your book. Where are they able to go? You know, my, my, my website's the best place um, to go. It's alishalyons.com, A-L-Y-S-I-A-L-Y-O-N-S. And there's a book tab and it's links to Amazon. Eventually it will be in hard copy again and it'll also be on Audible um, as soon as I sit down and start recording the audio. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Cause I mean, me being a voiceover artist, I've done a couple of recordings for audiobook. But yeah, definitely let me know when all of that goes down in regards to, you know, the Audible side. And uh, I would love to share that. But I have actually, because you did mention that you have a son and I wanted to ask you, using one word, how would you describe your family? It is hard. (laughs) I know, like 42 different words came to my mind, but my family's fun. We just have fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every once in a while, I'm the wet blanket. <laughs> uh, like last night, uh, you know, it just, I, it a hundred percent depends on my mood. My, 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 I have this pillow. I love to cross stitch mm. and I, you know, my projects take anywhere from six months to a year to complete, depending on how long, how much time I'm spending on the project. And so I cross stitched to this, uh, friends and family welcome Uh, pattern and I turned it into a pillow and we have a puppy who likes to chew things and so every time he gets near the pillow I get crazy (laughs) I get very upset and so that was the catalyst for the the fight was that I started to say hey can you pick up the pillow before the dog bites it and while I was in the middle of the sentence, the dog started biting it. And so the sentence kind of sounded like, can you guys pick up the pillow before the dog bites it? <laughs> I've done that so many times. <laughs> and I wasn't yelling at them. I was yelling at the dog because, yeah. you know, I wanted him to stop. And and then my son grabbed the pillow and he threw it at me and it hit me in the face. Oh. <laughs> and so I was already in the escalated mode. And so then I, like, he knew that he hit me in the face and that I wouldn't appreciate that. And he immediately went into, sorry, 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 sorry. And that's when my boyfriend made the comment. And I was like, I, I realize how all of that came out. We, I'm not perfect. In fact, I express frequently that I'm imperfect. <laughs> and it's not about perfection. It's about progress. And I think especially as a mom saying to your kid, I'm sorry, I messed up, is probably the most impactful, powerful thing that you can do for them Mm -hmm. because you're teaching them how to behave through your actions. They're watching the show. They're not listening to the lecture. Mm -hmm. So if you're telling your kid, apologize to so-and-so for doing xyz but you don't ever apologize for doing the exact same thing now you seem hypocritical in their eyes right it's like well why do i have to do it you're not doing it and but it's it's funny to me he'll he'll snap at me the same way that i snap at him 
because he's watching he's watching the show he's learning from me how to behave but when i don't react to him in that way where like he's giving me an attitude and my response is why are you talking to me like that i actually get more information number one he the first thing he does is apologizes for talking to me that way and then he'll explain why he's using that tone because that's what i do to him and so a lot of times parents will probably repeat what their parents did and say don't you talk to me that way but when you do that you're shutting them down and you get zero information and you've taught them nothing right but when you say hey how come you're talking to me like that my son's response was i'm in a bad mood so now i have an apology apology and i have new information well why are you in a bad mood would you like to talk about it in that instance the answer was no because the person he was mad at was sitting right there <laughs> and he didn't want to talk he didn't want to talk to that person later i was able to come back to him and i knew what i saw the interaction happen i understood why he was upset but i got to talk to him about it afterwards instead of just shutting down that emotion yeah one of the things that he he's such a such a smart kid oh my gosh but there's times so he'll ask me something i'm like you know what in, in the same aspect as your son you say you know you identify that you're sorry and explain it there's times where he'll ask me like how many constellations are in the in this the galaxy or how many universes do we have and i'm like honey i actually i really don't know you know even though we try to play it off like yeah i know how much hers but to be honest honesty is Ooh. another thing that i like to express to my son because i've noticed that kids start doing fibbing and little white lies and all of a sudden it's a flat out being pathological liars down the road because they think well my mom said one thing and i found out that she was not even telling me the truth i rather have me say you know what i don't know let's find out together you know that was my way of doing it as well because yeah so but i think you even mentioned that is your son was it your son that was identified as autistic or was that your guest no, that no that my my son is 9 and he's on the spectrum as well but for me i was coming in blind i didn't understand why it was a lot of rage and a lot of anger he was a slow development in speech he did a lot of grunting he do a lot of pointing you know but now i understand how to deal with it and it actually like you said even though we want to not change we change with everything in our lives from an incident in the traffic like you said an accident that it might have occurred and you swerved just in time and you know that's an impression of your of you changing you've evolved from that situation mm-hmm. same thing goes with our children i've learned to take a step back i was so short patient and and irritated by why are you acting like this why are you being this way and come to find out that I had to step back and observe him cuz I was just so like rush 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 get it done why is it taking you so you know forever for you to understand this to do this to uh, to speak in long sentences but I think when he was 5 years old when he finally started saying like actual sentences and and mm. communicating because everything was a grunt and a point like bird and and rock and I'm like you know and I was just so impatient with that and he taught me patience even though I've had a lot of patience it's just like there was a just a different category of that you know unconditional 
just like you said. Um, I think it's important for for parents to understand um, the purpose of a diagnosis. For me, the purpose of the diagnosis was to help me understand what he's his experience of the world and it's not so much as a it's not a handicap where like he's different because of this it's like it's just understanding that there are things that the brain that's has autism deals with and it's the overstimulation right it's the sense like you said sensory disorder it's like okay i'm overstimulated right now and giving him the tools like when you feel like this honey like let me know and we'll turn the tv down but that's that's his biggest thing at this point for the most part that i'm aware of is the sounds too loud if it's too loud it really bugs him Mm-hmm. He's kind of getting over that because we've been exposing him to louder sounds. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's information. Mm-hmm. And it's how you use that information that can be good or bad. Yeah. You know, if you use it to coddle him because my son is on, on the spectrum, so he can't do this and he can't do this and he can't do this. That's the problem with the label. Mm-hmm. But when it's my son has autism, so we're going to tweak it this way and we're going to do it a little bit different over here and and we're going to use this to help you understand it better it's a, now it's a tool instead of a, a detriment right instead of a there's crash. my two cents on it <laughs> no i completely agree um and i mean coming from coming from the other side of it i'm thankful that they did identify his disorder but on the flip side, he's now identified as a problem child in aspects. Um, not me problem child, but everybody around me that doesn't understand what are the quirks and what are the nuances that go along with being a sensory processing right. disorder child. He's problem. Nobody wants to play with him. He has no friends. Oh, he's too, he doesn't understand boundaries. So he's constantly touchy, touchy on people and think that's inappropriate or he shouts a lot so people don't want to play with him because he's just obnoxious. So I had that side of it. Yeah. And I don't want to coddle him, but I also he's asking like why does nobody want to play with me? You know, so I have to deal with that as well. And that's another thing that it's really, really hard. But as yeah. time gets better, like you said, getting them involved and gradually stimulating the environment by him, it's sense smells, you know, different types of fabric. He can't eat particular types of food because of texture. So I gradually kind of like, hey, you know what? I'm going to try this. You just take a taste off the spoon, something completely different. If you don't like it, that's cool. You know, at least you tried it, you know, high five. You know, at least we stepped over that wall of, I won't try it at all, get that away from me to I'll give it a taste and I'll give you thumbs up, thumbs down kind of a thing. So yeah, completely, completely true. So. And I guess there's one last question because I know that we've gone over our time, but it's just, we have so much information. I'm really enjoying this conversation that we're having. Um, one last thing is that, um, what is the single most important talent you would like your son to have? Honestly, um, I want him to try hard things because I would say that that's one one thing that, <laughs> that I, is a struggle for me. 
Uh, I was talking to a friend the other day and explaining like how I jumped from project to project to project. And she said, you know, it sounds like when the project gets hard, you abandon ship. Mm. And I'm like, ah, it's true because when I was growing up, if someone asked me to do something, I would just whine until that person did it for me. not very many people pushed me past that and the ones that did didn't really do it in in a positive way and so so what i see in my son is that same thing is like if something gets hard he really really wants to learn how to code a video game and it's hard Mm -hmm. and and he really wanted to learn how to do a backflip but it's hard you know and so he he kept doing the backflip. There were lots of tears and he kept doing it and he kept doing it and and now he can do it. You know, the coding, like we're, we're, uh, we're taking a break for a, a bit, but we're going to come back to it because it's something he really wants to do. And I think that that's one of the things that really builds your self-esteem is trying hard things and doing and then overcoming them and doing them. Mm-hmm. And for I resist doing things... <laughs> Like it's the plague. (laughs) And when somebody comes with to me with a new idea, I'm like, nope, I don't want, nope, I I don't, if it sounds hard, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Sounds like me almost. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But then eventually I'll do the thing because there's leverage that forces me to do the thing. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the greatest thing ever. Like (laughs) putting subtitles on videos. I didn't know Mm -hmm. how to do that. I, I struggled with, or if you had asked me six months ago, do you know how to video edit? I'd be like, no. And now I have a podcast. I um, have been, you know, I do some VA work for my life coach to, and one of the things they needed was video editing, putting subtitles on videos. And I'm like, okay, I'll figure it out. (laughs) And once I figured it out, it was like my favorite thing to do for the next three months. Exactly. Yeah, I'm in the same boat too. I was like, how? And I love it's a, like a love hate relationship with technology. But I've always been drawn to technology, the newest technology things. And my son's doing the same thing where he's doing a coding thing as well. We got him into Tinker.com, something like that, to do all the coding. So, but yeah, it's uh, that is so true, so true. Now, can you tell the listeners in, in closing, I guess, um, if I've missed anything that you like to? Say in closing, anything additional that you'd like to tell the listeners? I think the most important thing is understanding that our personal development is a journey and that, you know, a lot of times I think people get frustrated with personal development because like, oh, I've, I'm dealing with this again. I'm, why is this still a problem? Why am I still feeling guilty about X, Y, Z? Why am I still yelling at my kid? Why, you know, it's, that's the one piece of advice that I would just give all people, moms specifically, that it's a journey and it's not about perfection, it's about progress. And I really, I spent so much of my life wanting people to think that I was perfect. And I was so unhappy and now, like, I 90% of the time, I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth when I open, when I open it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know 
one for a hundred percent fact that if you get on a call with me that I'm going to be able to help you. But I do know that I'm going to try. And I do know that if you're willing that we can work it out, you know, and if you're willing, you can heal. So, yeah. Wonderful. Thank you again, Alicia. This, this has been beautiful. It's been an honor to speak with you and I am so grateful to have you as my guest. Sounds good. I appreciate you having me on. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Well, you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much again for your time. Absolutely. You too. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Noise Blue Zion podcast. If you yourself is a small business owner, entrepreneur, musician, or artist, or liked what you heard, please share and follow. I am on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, or contact me at www.jasminecastillovoice.com and stay tuned for the next upcoming episode.